okay thank you welcome ladies today is our third meeting for the whaling women and um, last the previous uh, meeting we were talking about otters so this week we are going to talk about the two types of otters and also the spiritual laws that governs otters all right like um, the previous meeting we said that an altar is a, a powerhouse, a place where humanity meets divinity. So, and it is the person that builds that altar for whatever spirit they want to invite. So today we are going to talk about the two types of altars. In our previous meeting, we said that when God gave dominion to Adam, when he created Adam and gave him dominion, he practically locked himself out of the management of earth unless man gives him permission to come in. Okay. So before, previously, before Adam's sin, God was having fellowship with Adam and Eve freely because they, they did not know any evil. All they knew was good. So the um, Garden of Eden was open for God and his spirit. But when Adam sinned, evil then came. So that was why the um, principle of dominion then kicked in. So today we are going to talk about how God made a way for him and his spirit to still have connection to man on earth. Okay. So as we're saying, so how did God plan to legally get involved in the affairs of men? Like any good parent, God did not create us and leave us to our own devices. No, he didn't. He created us first and foremost for fellowship. And then to dominate this planet on his behalf. So earth can become a colony of heaven. That was the main purpose of God creating this earth and giving man dominion. Because he wanted this earth to be a colony, you know. But the kingdom is heaven. But this, the earth is then becomes a colony. Like how, you know, when the British colonized Africa, they still had the British islands, the, the, the United Kingdom itself, but they had ambassadors to their colonies. They had representatives in their colonies. That was how God wanted this earth to be, a colony of heaven. But unfortunately, when Adam then sinned and allowed the devil to then have authority on this earth, things changed. But still, God did not, you know, abandon his original plan. He didn't. Rather, what he did, he devised a way through which he and his angels can gain access to the earth. He devised a way. So he showed Adam how to connect with him spiritually. You know, God showed Adam how to build an altar. Like in Genesis chapter 3 verse 21, you know, we don't need to read this, but um, what God did was he killed an innocent lamb and then used the skin to cover Adam and his wife. So in a way, it's like covering their sin. Adam passed this information 
to his two sons, Cain and Abel. We know this because in Genesis chapter 4 from verse 3 to 5 tells us, And in the course of time Cain brought the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Abel also brought a fruit, the best portion of the firstborn lamb from his flock and of the fat portion. And the Lord had respect and regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no respect or regard. So Cain was exceedingly angry and indignant. And he looked sad and depressed. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why do you look sad and depressed and dejected? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin crouches at your door. Okay. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Okay, here God is saying sin is actually a being, is a person, is a spirit that is crouching at the door of Cain's mind because of his attitude. Okay, from this scripture, we see the two sons of Adam build altars to the Lord so they could offer their sacrifice to the Lord. Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. On the other hand, Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and of the fat portions. God accepted Abel's offering but rejected Cain's offering. He rejected Cain's offering. So why did God reject Cain's offering? I am sure Adam told his sons about God cursing the ground because of his sin. So why would Cain bring an offering to God from something that was already cursed in order to secure his atonement for his sins? Okay, Cain's behavior towards God shows us the true nature of all evil authors. Like Cain, evil authors are driven by rebellion, pride, and the desire to give life to God, to things God has cursed and rejected. That is the motive behind evil authors. Okay. God's rejection of Cain's offering shows us that God is very selective of what is given to him at a righteous altar. He is very, very selective. This separates God from idols, that is demon gods, who will accept any accused thing that is offered to them by their human attendants. Fallen angels and demon spirits are so desperate to express themselves in the world of men that they will accept any offering provided for them so they can gain access to the world of men, so they can gain access. God, on the other hand, he is sovereign. He is holy and separate from sinners. So he cannot be manipulated by his human attendance to his altar. He cannot be manipulated. But really, if you look at some of the shenanigans that is going on in our churches today, you see the motive behind, you know, what altar they are serving. They cannot manipulate God. They cannot. Okay, so Abel offered God exactly what he required for the remission of sin, the blood of an innocent animal from the best 
the best because God wants our best. He wants our best from the best of the flock. This is the reason God accepted Abel's offering. Okay. As a result of Cain's action, he became the biblical symbol of an evil and defiled altar. Because of Cain's attitude and behavior, the spirit that came through his altar was the evil spirit of pride. The evil spirit of pride, defiance, rebellion, rage, jealousy, selfish ambition and murder. And at the end, this spirit drove him to kill his brother Abel. They drove him to kill his brother Abel. God warned him about this spirit. When he said, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you. So sin has a desire and its desire is to have the souls of men. This was the reason God warned Cain. And he says, but you must master it. That is, you must resist Satan. You must resist Satan and his temptations. The God behind Cain's evil altar was the idol of self, basically Satan himself. Satan himself was the God behind Cain's altar. This is the reason Cain resisted and argued with God. When God asked him where his brother was, and the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Such arrogance in his answer. Who in their right mind talks to God with such insolence, pride and arrogance? Okay. This may explain the reason, you know, some Christ-believing Christians are so full of pride and arrogance. The reason being their hearts are full of idols and they are spiritually connected to an evil altar. And many of them are not aware of this. They are not aware of the altar they are serving. They are not. This is one of the reasons, as, he said, as we said in our last meeting, you know, in Matthew, Jesus said, by the fruit you will know them. By the fruit you will know what altar and the spirit that is giving those people the power they are working with. Okay, so now what we are going to look at, we are going to look at the spiritual laws that governs altars, the spiritual laws. And the first one is all altars have a dedicated human attendant. They have a dedicated human attendant. This is very important because an altar cannot exist unless a human wants to invite a spirit into the world of men. Whether that spirit is God's spirit or his angels or demonic spirit, God or any other spirit cannot build their own altar. They cannot invite themselves on this earth without a legal permission from man. It's man that needs to build that altar for that spirit to then come through into this world. They need human beings to do it. Okay, These spirits without bodies need human beings to invite them, thereby by building an altar for them. Noah built an altar. 
Abraham built an altar, Jacob built an altar, Isaac built an altar. They all built an altar for God. They all built an altar for God. Evil altars are also built by men. Okay. The human attendance is the most important element. The most important element in an altar. Because without that human attendance, those spirits cannot come through to this world. They cannot come through. The human attendance is the person that legalizes the altar. Okay. The human attendant legalizes it. You know, so an altar is a legal pathway, a legal entry, a gateway through which spiritual beings can then come through to the physical world. Okay. Hallelujah. Because earth Amen. is the world of men. The human attendant is the one hosting the spirit that is coming through that altar. So the human attendant is the one hosting that spirit. Like when you have a visitor in your home, you are the one hosting that spirit. You are the one giving that spirit whatever they want, you know, that person. You are the one that feeds them. You give them drink. So you are hosting that person that have come to visit you. So it's the same thing. When a human being builds an altar to, um, to, to spiritual beings, they are the one hosting that spirit. They are the one that have invited that spirit. Okay. So the second spiritual law is all altars have a guiding or supervising spirit. An altar is a power station, as we said before, where the human attendant meets a divine being. It will either be God or a demonic spirit. The spirit that have come through that altar will be the one that will give the human attendant his power. Okay, like um, in our previous meeting, I said that when God created man and created earth, he gave man dominion. That is, he gave man authority, but he didn't give man spiritual powers. So if man wanted spiritual powers, all he need to do is build an altar and invite that spirit. But previously, the way God planned it, it wasn't for man to be building altars. No, because man, you know, Adam in the garden, he had knowledge. He had the knowledge of good but he did not have the knowledge of evil so therefore there was no need for an altar or what when when adam sinned what he actually did was open up his being for evil and then his spirit became alienated from god but god did not abandon him what god did he devised this system of altar in order for man to invite him in to atone for his sins okay so the the spirit that comes through that altar is the one that will give man spiritual powers and the reason man builds altars is to seek spiritual powers that's it really okay that spirit will be influencing the activities in the area the altar is built this spirit will influence the mindset 
of the people in that area, influencing their way of thinking and their way of behaving. Okay, so like now, when an altar is built in a geographical area, the spirit that comes through that altar will, is not only going to influence the person that invited them, that spirit is also going to influence the people around that area. That's the reason you have geographical spirits. You have um, spirits that control areas. You know, about a few years ago, I think about in 2016, the Lord showed me a vision. And the vision he showed me, he showed me the globe, the earth itself. And he showed me four demonic altars stationed in the four axes of the earth. That is the north, the south, the east, and the west. These were big altars and these demons were sitting on this altar and they were looking down on the earth controlling the activities of what is happening on the earth so what is what it means what the lord was showing me is that these demons have control in all these areas of the earth and when they have control what it does it stops the glory of god from coming into earth unless man starts building a righteous altar and knock those demons out of their throne at the top of the earth okay and this is one of the assignments he has given us i'm going to go deeper into this hallelujah yeah. so as i was saying when a spirit is invited into an area he it, it, it has an effect in the mindset of the people and the way they think and the way they behave okay we are all nigerians now think about the way majority of Nigerians think and majority and the way they behave you will see and you will be able to discern the type of altar that we have in our nation okay there may be godly altars there but the most influential um, spirit that is influencing the minds of Nigerians are demonic altars this is the reason you see all these things that are happening in our nation. You see all these things that are happening. I'm not saying that other countries do not have their own demonic altars. They do. And there's, depending on the spirit that is operating in that area or in that continent or in that nation, will be the type of behavior the people will be displaying. You know, it's a type of behavior is you, you, when you see somebody behaving weirdly you will see the spirit behind that behavior the spirit behind the way they are thinking okay so these are things we need to be very very observant because these are the things when we start praying and taking cases to the courtrooms of heaven these are the characteristics we need to petition god to break in people's lives hallelujah Hallelujah. So as I was saying, that when you observe the patterns of behavior most common with people in a geographical area or region, you will be able to discern the ruling spirit in that area and the altars these spirits are coming through. Ironically, you know, Nigeria is known as a very religious country, a very religious country with the largest number of churches in Africa. 
yet the behavior and the moral standard of majority of Nigerians do not reflect this fact. It doesn't. What we need to understand is demonic altars can also be built in the so-called houses of God. Demonic altars can be built in there. In the book of Ezekiel, let's read. If you have your Bible with you, let's turn to the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 8. You know, God showed the prophet the things the elders of Israel get up to behind closed doors in his temple. And um, Ezekiel chapter 8 from verse 6 to verse 11. I'll read and it says, Furthermore, he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? The great abomination that the house of Israel commits here to make me go far away from my sanctuary. Now turn again, you will see greater abominations. So he brought me to the door of the court. And when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. Then he said to me, son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. And he said to me, go in and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. So I went in and saw, and there every sort of creepy thing, abominable beast and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed all around on the walls and there stood before them seventy men of the elders of the house of Israel and in their midst stood Josanna the son of Shaphan. Each man had a censer in his hand and a thick cloud of incense went up then he said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the room of his idol. For they say, the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. Okay. Hallelujah. So this is what the Lord is saying. The same thing, unfortunately, happens in our own churches as well. It happens in our own <coughs> churches, not just in our churches, in our communities. I'm going to share a story with you. There was a time, you know, me and my daughter, we were just praying for revival to break out in our village. Because I remember, the, I don't know how the Lord showed me this, but there was a book I was reading in the early 70s after the war. Revival took place in eastern Nigeria. And it started in Inewi. It started in Inewi, that revival. And I felt in my spirit that Lord wants to revive that well of revival in that village again. So when we were praying, the Spirit of the Lord spoke. And this is what he says. He says, the people are idolaters. How can revival come to such a place? They pretend to worship me. Sundays they go to church. When they go back to their homes, they go into their rooms and give their sacrifices to their individual deities, their ancestral gods. This is what people are doing, and these are church people. They worship idols. They give sacrifices to their ancestral gods, and then on Sunday they carry their Bible and go to church. And you wonder why our country is in the way it is. 
we wonder. Only God will save us. Satan and his demons are the guiding and supervising spirits on evil altars, and their work is to steal, kill, and destroy. That is their work. So when we open doors to them in our lives, that is what they come to do because it's their nature. They don't have any other nature. Their nature is to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay. And the thing is, if we have evil authors in our life, whether ancestral or personal ones we have built through sin, sin is an altar. It's a, it's a pathway for demons to come in. So when we sin, whatever type of sin it is, we invite demons into our life. And if God have called you into a ministry, have given you a destiny to serve his kingdom, that destiny will not come to pass until that evil altars in our lives has been pulled down. For example, now, let's have a look, you know, the story of Gideon in the book of Judges and um, chapter 6. We don't need to read it. I'll just tell you the story, what happened. You know, God called Gideon to serve him. But first, he, he told Gideon to go to his father's house and destroy the evil altar his father had erected for Baal before he can go and do what God has called him to do. If the altar was not destroyed, the spirit guiding and influencing that bloodline would not allow him to do what God has called him to do. It will not. And the same applies to us in our own life. The same applies. The same applies to us if we do not destroy the evil authors speaking in our bloodline. We will miss the destiny God has planned for us. We will miss it. Right. The next spiritual law about authors is all authors are powered by the sacrifice of the human attendant who served the altar. This is the reason the devil does not want God's people to live a sacrificial life towards God. Because the more you give your time attending to your righteous altar, the more power that will be coming from that altar. This is why when you settle down to pray, there will be distractions. Your phone will be ringing. People will be calling you. There'll be, you know, you'll feel pain here, you'll feel pain there. Your mind will be drifting away because the devil does not want you to live a sacrificial life attending to the righteous altar of God. So we need to bear that in mind, okay? So the more you live a sacrificial life towards God, the stronger the power of God will become in your life. Jesus lived a sacrificial life towards God. He did everything God asked him to do. This is the reason the, the, the cross is such a powerful altar. It is such a powerful altar. Right. Number four, all altars are fueled by the sacrifice of the human attendant. And this sacrifice has to cost that human attendant something. For example, if we turn to 2 Samuel, the story of David. Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 24. Hallelujah. Second Samuel chapter 24 from verse 24 to 25. This is the story of David. There was a time there was a severe famine in Israel. They continued to pray and pray for God to answer their prayers and 
remove this famine but the famine was still there so i think god then revealed to david why they were having this um famine and then you know the lord instructed david to you know build an altar for him and do a sacrifice so david went let's read from verse 24 verse 24 says let's have a look then the king said to ariona no but i will surely buy it from you for a price nor will i offer burnt offerings to the lord my god with that which costs me nothing so david bought the threshing floor and the ox for 50 shekels of silver okay so ariana wanted to give david the threshing floor for free to do his to build the altar and sacrifice to god but david said no you know if i'm going to build this altar to god and give my sacrifice it has to cost me something it has to cost me something It's the same thing applies to us when we build an altar to god you know it needs to cost us something it needs to cost us something this could be our sacrificial giving or offering or our time our time is very valuable the most valuable time a human being can have is their time is their time so when we spend three to four hours attending to god's altar worshiping him praising him reading the bible praying in tongues the power of god in our lives will become stronger and stronger and stronger so we are giving sacrificially to our altar our righteous altar and don't forget the bible has already told us that god's spirit dwell within the praises of his people so the more we spend time at our righteous altar praising him his spirit will then come down and when the spirit of god comes down it influences the people around us the things around us okay that's it and then the next one the next and um, the other thing I wanted to say is, but if on the other hand, if we do not spend time attending to the altar of God, it becomes weak. And the less time we spend at the altar, it will get weaker. Than, and then the thing is, when our righteous altar gets weak, the demonic altars around us can then influence us. They will start harassing us. This is how we start getting demonic harassment because the power coming from our altar is weak, is weak. Okay. So without sacrifice, the power coming from the altar of God will get weaker and weaker. It is the same thing with demonic altars as well. Witches, wizards and Satanists also live sacrificial lives towards their demonic altars they understand this spiritual law about authors better than christians they do they understand it better than christians another law is all authors all attendants to an altar are fed by or provided for by the altar they serve by the altar they serve let's have a look at first corinthians chapter 9 verse 13 hallelujah first corinthians chapter 9 verse 13 this is paul talking to the corinthian church and he says do you not know 
that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar. Partake of the offerings of the altar. So whichever altar you are serving, that altar will feed you. If you're serving a righteous altar and you're very sincere in your heart, the altar of God will pay your bills. The altar of God will close your children. The altar of God will provide for your household. The altar of God does not, you know, allow you to have lack in your home. This is the benefit of raising a righteous altar and maintain it sacrificially. And God will reward you when you do that. He'll feed you. You will be feeding from your altar you're maintaining. The same thing with the evil altar. The evil altar also rewards the people that attend to them. He also rewards them. So the next, the next um, law is all altars are a place of rituals. They are a place of rituals. Perpetually or repetitive activities does happen at the altar. For example now, if we have righteous altars in our homes every morning you get up go and do your prayers you do your worship you know you read your bible you have communion with god every day you're doing this you're doing this you're doing this you're doing this is repetitive okay the same thing happens in demonic altars the people that are worshiping the spirit they will go and continue to offer them their sacrifice their sacrifice their sacrifice because the more sacrifice you're giving the more reward they will be giving you. That is the thing. Whether it's demonic or a righteous altar, there's always a reward. There was something in it. And it's a repetitive action. And the next law is all altars speak. All altars speak. Whether they are stationary or mobile. The reason I say whether they are stationary or mobile. Don't forget that our heart is the altar of God. We have the spirit of God in our heart. So we carry our altar wherever we go. This is why Paul says that we should never stop praying. Because when you're moving about, you're talking to the spirit in your altar. You're talking to the spirit of God. You are talking to the spirit of God. The voices, the voices we hear in our head, sometimes telling us to do things or to say things or to react in a certain way. This is the spirit of the altar we have erected in our lives. You know, telling us to, do, to say something or to behave in a certain way. For example, now, you know, there's a history of a lot of people. They're saying they're hearing voices in their head. They, they, will, they will hear voices in their head telling them to go and kill themselves. Telling them to go and do this. There was a, a, a time I was um, trying to witness to a young, uh, to a person I met on a bus. I was trying to witness to him. So when I brought out my track to give to him, he screamed. He said, no, 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 that Christian thing, I don't want to know. I said, you don't want to know about God. He said, no, he doesn't want to know about Jesus. He doesn't want to do this. That he likes temptation. He likes falling into temptation. So I was just looking at this man. <laughs> he likes falling into temptation. And he says, and then I said, okay, but how do you like falling into it? He said he just likes it. When temptation comes to him, he falls into it. He said, okay. And as he started to talk, he started to tell me that he's hearing these voices in his head telling him to go and kill. But he said, I can't understand it. Why should I go and kill somebody? 
is the altars that they have built he has built in his life the evil altar he has erected in his life the spirit behind that evil altar is telling him to go and kill he's telling him to go and kill and these days their psychological terminology for it is mental health mental health that is the scientific name mental health it's only god that can help us the scientists don't have the solution it's getting worse it's targeting our young the devil is targeting our young generation anyway let's continue so this is the spirit of the altar we have erected in our lives telling us what to say and how to behave now let's have a look at hebrews 5 verse 14. god the way you know paul was saying to us tells us how to know those who are mature in the faith hebrews chapter 4 hallelujah hebrews chapter 4 let's start with um verse 13 chapter 14 actually verse, let's start with chapter um verse 13 it says for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe but solid food belongs to those who are full of age that is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil this is what paul is saying to us here is the way to know which altar is speaking into your life is by discerning which where this word is coming from let's say for example now you have god's altar in your life and also there's an element of demonic altar in your life as well because you haven't gone through your full deliverance the spirit of god will speak to you you will compare it to what is written in the word of god and if what you are hearing does not correspond to what is written in the word of god that word is coming from the evil altar because you carry the spirit of god in you and the spirit of god is the one that inspired the written word of god and he will never contradict himself he will never contradict himself for example we hear stories of pastors saying that the spirit of god have told them to go and divorce their wife so they can marry another woman that is a word coming from an evil altar because the bible tells us that god hates divorce so why would the spirit of god tell you to go and divorce your wife so you can marry somebody else you understand what i'm saying yes you see so what paul is saying is for us to mature in our christian walk we need to be able to discern what voice is talking to us whether it is the voice of god or the voice of the evil one this is how you know a mature christian so it's not every voice that you hear in your word you will run with it and saying god told me god told me do you understand hallelujah yeah. hallelujah yeah. So, so what i was saying is what this scripture is saying is that we become mature in our faith if we are able to continually discern which altar the voice we hear in our heads are coming from then we will be regarded as being mature in our faith so this is how we do this this is how we discern what voice is coming from our head like if you hear a voice tell, telling you to you know go and steal god will never tell you to go and steal some people some people will do something bad and they say oh i'm just following the voice of god in my telling me no god's spirit will never tell you to do anything that contradicts his word so this is the reason people need to know their word <laughs> because if you do not know the word of god how will you be able to discern whether this is god's spirit talking to you or whether it's a voice from an evil altar okay 
So this is important. This is the reason we need to continuously study the Word of God to know what the world have told us and what is telling us. Hallelujah. So the next um, law is all authors are legal entities. They are legal entities supervised by spirit. Okay. Therefore, the voice of the author is the voice of the supervising spirit. The authors speak because the spirit behind the author projects their thoughts into the mind of the human attendant into the minds of the human attendant so what this law is saying to us what this um, uh, spiritual law of an author is saying is that the the author itself is a legal entity it, it, you know it, this is all about law the courts of heaven govern the heavens of god and the earth it's about law and if you break that law we give the enemy you know a gateway into our life so and an altar is a legal entity so whatever comes through an altar is legal you gave it the legality you legalize that altar so this is the reason why when people when they sin they start blaming god why are you blaming god you gave the demons that came through your sin the legal right to come in so the altar is a legal entity so whatever voice that you are hearing from an altar is legal it's legal you know the altar of God is a legal entity. The things Jesus did at the altar, at the cross, is legal. This is the reason why God forgave us our sins. Because he has, he's, he's, he's a, you know, he has fulfilled the laws that pertained to sin. Jesus fulfilled it. So all altars are places of exchange or places of trade. You know, altars are gates. Gates between the world of men and the world of the spirit. The legal point of entry between these two worlds is an altar. This is the legal point of entry, the altar. The altar is a medium of exchange. Things are being exchanged at the altar. A place of trading between the people that attends to the altar and the spirit world. For example, when Jesus died on the cross, an exchange took place at the cross. Jesus took our sins and gave us his righteousness. Trading took place at the cross. We gave him his, our sicknesses. He gave us health. He gave us his righteousness. We gave him our unrighteousness. So there is trading. There is trading. There's exchange. Divine exchange. So whatever altar that people build in their life, there is an exchange. Nobody will build an altar and come out empty-handed whether that is a righteous altar to god or a demonic altar if you build a demonic altar in your life you are trading something the demons will come and the only thing the demons can give you they will steal what god has given you they will kill you and they will destroy you this is the reason if people have a look around you let's have a, for example now let's have a look at witch doctors you will think if anything comes from a demonic altar, the witch doctors will be the most richest people on this earth. But they are the most miserable human beings anybody can set their eyes on. What are they getting? They're getting destruction, healing, 
and stealing. Eh? Their life is worthless. Anybody directs a demonic altar to a demonic spirit, you may for a while enjoy whatever those demons are stealing from the children of God because they're not maintaining their own altars in prayer because they steal from us. Everything a demonic altar gives to their people is what they have stolen from the children of God who have not been able to maintain their own righteous altars. For example, now, if you're praying, if you're at your righteous altar, you're praying for God to do something to send a breakthrough in your life, or maybe you are praying for money, wealth, or things like that, the Lord will send it. The first day you start praying is when he, re he answers your prayer. But you cannot get it because of the demons in your life. They will steal it from you. This is why repentance is very important. Repenting of our sins is very important. Because if we have erected demonic altars in our life and we're praying to God for something, the demons will steal it. Because that's their work. That is their work. That is their work. Hallelujah. So, the next law, all altars are places of covenant places of covenant when we become born again christians we enter into a covenant with god but when we sin we come into legal covenant with evil spirit with evil spirit before this legal covenant can be broken that is the evil covenant we have entered with demons because we erected evil altars in our life through sin before that legal covenant can be broken we have to take the case to the court of heaven because that is where the order was given that every soul that sin will die okay and take out a petition in the court for that legal covenant to be broken for that legal covenant to be broken the work of the cross is what gives us the legal authority to break that demonic covenant. The work of the cross, the altar of God. So spiritual warfare is the result of two opposing altars standing side by side. Spiritual warfare is actually when God's altar is placed in the same place as a demonic altar. Two different kingdoms fighting each other. That is what spiritual warfare is. For example, let me explain it this way. Before we became born again Christians, you know, we were, we had demonic altars in our life because the Bible tells us that we have all sinned and sin is a legal pathway for the enemy to come in. So now we have become born again Christians. The spirit of God is residing in our heart okay but meanwhile these demonic altars are still in our soul our emotions our will you know so these are where the demonic that is where satan actually operates in our soul area so meanwhile you are doing your bit to grow as a christian you are praying you are maintaining your righteous altar and as the power of god continue to permeate every part of your being your spirit your soul your flesh, those demonic altars in your soul will start fighting you. They will start fighting you. They will start inflicting you with sickness and disease, which will start manifesting in your body. This is what spiritual warfare is. Because the spirit of God in you is expanding its territory, is entering into your soul to manifest into your body, you know. But those demons there are resisting and it's your body they will inflict with pain, with disease, 
because of the expansion of the kingdom of God in you. So this is how they resist the kingdom of God expanding in your life. And this is what is called spiritual warfare. That is what spiritual warfare is. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I know it's a big one. <laughs> it's heavy. It's heavy. <laughs> okay. So any any questions? I know it's a, it's a lot to take in. But, you know, this is where the Lord wants to take us. He wants to give us an understanding of the realms of the spirit and how the world of the spirit function. Because I feel the Lord wants to train us at such a level that we will be able to be presenting cases in the courts of heaven. And it's not just individual or family or friend, but nations, the cases of nations. You know, this morning, I'm going to share this anyway. This morning when I woke up, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me and what he, he, he was reminding me, you know, was that every vision, every dream he has given me was for a purpose. I don't know, for those who have read my book, The Salvation Story, there's, there, there's a section where I put in the visions and the dreams the Lord has given me. Those are symbolic communication he was communicating with me about. Okay, he was communicating with me about. And he gave me those visions from the beginning of 2008. For three years, I was having those consistent visions. And the interpretation he gave me, you know, was, it's, already, it's also in the book. And then in 2019, when he started giving me those prayer points, those prayer points, this morning, he told me, these are the cases we are going to be presenting in the courts of heaven. And the funny thing about it, <laughs> God is good. The funny thing about it, in 2015, I went to a conference, a prophetic conference. And in that conference, there were three prophets. They were prophesying, saying a lot of stuff in my life. And one of the things the prophets said was that he saw me as a judge. I had the heart of a judge and I had the cape. And I was carrying, in my own vision, I was carrying a lot of files into court. And this person said that, that, that I had a gravel. And once I hit that gravel on the bench, whatever I say will come to pass. Mm. I didn't understand that. But now I understand why God has given me revelation about the courts of heaven and how to present cases. You know, a lot of Christians think is only the devil that can take us to court in heaven. No, you can take the devil to court as well. I've taken the devil to court in heaven about the salvation of my son. And within two weeks of taking him to court, he became a born-again Christian. His sister led him to Christ. If we have people in our life that are resisting God, all you need to do, prepare a case and take them to the courts of heaven. And within a week or two, we'll be begging for you to pray for them so they will come to God. So these are the things the Lord wants to teach us. And these are the things, the messages he's giving me. Okay. So the next lesson we are going, the next in our next meeting, we are going to talk about the altar of the of God, the cross. And we also, we will combine it with consecration. 
because it's at the consecration, at the altar of God, the cross, the highest altar on this earth. That is where we consecrate our life to God. Hallelujah. Amen. No. So this is why the Lord said we should take this meeting seriously. We should take it serious. Because we have no idea at the level he's taking us into. Amen. 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 So is there any questions? Let's discuss. Let's discuss. I know it's a lot to take in. <laughs> but let's discuss. It's a lot to digest. <laughs> Look at their faces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So what do you think? What do you feel? What, what, you know, what is your spirit saying to you? Hello? Hello, I can hear you. Yeah. This is serious, serious business. It is. It is. it is serious business and something that is, um, I think this problem we are having is, uh, you know, sometimes um, like hearing you today, I need to know more because I have a lot and I realize that I have a lot of job to do. Hmm. I can't thank you enough. And this teaching of uh, the altar, the workings and like I said from the beginning that I'm just like a beginner, but somehow I'm pulled deep into this yeah seriously pulled deep into it and actually i'm having a lot of um distractions which i'm trying i'm asking god to help me overcome mm. you know because something I, I have a deep pull to it mm -hmm. but something is also pulling me back yeah yeah seriously pulling me back i want to do some, sometimes it comes to sleep i mean I want yeah. to even kneel down and there is so much distraction within my own spirits. Yeah, I know. I know. And yet this is something I need so much in my mm. life. Mm. Especially concerning even all some of my kids. Yes. They are no longer, you know, they feel that, you know, <laughs> they don't really need all this. That, you know, you know there's a certain, this, is it too much civilization? Or what do I call it? I don't even know what to call it, but no, it's not. When, when you understand God's ways, you know, what we have felt, you know, for, for example, now. Yeah, now then, I'm beginning to see that it's one this really problem concerning altars. Yes. From yes. what I've already understood. Mm. I can see that it's even something deeper than what I was thinking before. Mm. That is, you know, they feel they don't have any need for that. But no, it's something beyond that. Yeah. From what I have learned now, hmm. the, I have a serious job to do. You know, it's not, it's not you. You don't have a serious job to do. All God is asking, what the Lord is asking, is your time yeah. and your willingness to submit to him. Okay. Yeah. Remember what the Bible says in James. It said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay. Yeah. It's a, because... Over the years, even in our bloodline, there is things in our bloodline that the enemy has legal rights to. And you mm -hmm. know, when the devil is in our bloodline, he will resist everything concerning God. This is the reason a lot of people are very lukewarm with their Christianity. It's also due to our own iniquity and our own our ancestral iniquities. There is a lot of it, but God is giving people revelations on how to overcome those things. So the only thing the Lord is seeking from us is our time, our devotion, our heart, our sincerity to want to know him more. 
I always yeah. pray, Lord, I just don't want to know your, you know, your actions. I want to know your ways. Because when you know the ways of God, you will be able to understand his actions. The, pro the problem with us, a lot of us Christians, we just want the miracles of God. We want the actions of God. But we, don't, we are not really particularly interested in his ways. I bet God wants us to know his ways. You know, because when we know his ways, the enemy will have no hold on us at all. He won't. People are scared of the devil. <laughs> the devil is scared of you when you know God. Mm -hmm. Yes, he is. He is scared of you when you know God. This is why he resists us knowing God. That we have a free will. God gave us a free will. We can overcome with our will. And when the Lord sees that you are willing from your heart, the rest is up to him. It's not within our power, but by the power of the Spirit of God. That's why we do what we do. It's not us. So my sister, what I'm saying to you, every morning you get up and say, Lord, my heart is yours. Do with it what you want. My will is yours. Do with it what you want. Give me the will to praise and worship you today. Give me the strength to read your word. And he will. He will. Because he sees your heart desires that. And remember, his word says, I will give you the desires of your heart. When you desire it, he will give it to you. He will give it to you. He will. I believe it. So yeah, he is. You know, the thing is, as we progress, as we progress with this meeting, we will have individual ministries. We'll have, you know, I will, I will minister to you according to how the Lord is leading to me, leading me. Those things that have been embedded in your life, in your family life, those demons, we will deal with them. So you will have your deliverance. All of us will have our deliverance. Okay. I've been going through deliverance for the past 20 years. Wow. You know? Deliverance is not something you do once and then and that's it. No. Because we live in, a, in a, a fallen world, the devil will continue to throw his arrows at us. For me, the Lord has taught me a way. When I declare his words over my body, all those poison the enemy has in inflicted in my body over the days, I'll just vomit them out. Wow. You know? you, so I will teach you how to do self-deliverance. So that's no problem. The Lord will cleanse us, cleanse us, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul and body that's a promise he made us and he yeah. will fulfill he will fulfill his promises Amen. hallelujah Amen. right is there any other thing we wish to discuss yeah. hello. hello come forward a bit junior come forward yeah yeah come forward a bit yeah yeah um maybe as we progress as we go on yeah. You know, I would like you to kind of expand on that legal process you're talking about. Okay. Presenting a case. Yes. You know, yes. Making mm. a case. Yes, yeah. stage by stage. Yeah. We'll do it. Yeah, okay. Mm. After know, the after I was I'm just saying because there's a there's a steps the Lord wants us to follow. So he wants us to know. The beginning, the, you know, as we gradually, 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 he will show us. So the next, um, in our next meeting, so what I'm going to combine um, the altar of God, that is the cross, and 
consecration together. So once we have done that, then we'll start start looking what I actually want to do next after that is to do prayers for our deliverances. Because there's things in our life the Lord wants to deal with before we can actually start thinking about presenting cases in the courts of law. Because it's not it's the Holy Spirit will have to inspire you. The Holy Spirit inspires you to write out your petition. You don't write out your petition in the flesh. Okay. The Holy Spirit will inspire you on how to write it and he will use the word of God on how to write it. This is how this is how he has taught me. When he inspires me to write, it's just sometimes I will just be writing, 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 writing. I don't even think about what I'm writing. I just write, write, write. And when I finish and I'll read it and I'll see. It's practically scripture. But he's using evidence from the scripture to present the case. I will read example of some of the cases I've, re I've written. Okay. But first of all, we need to continue to do deliverance. He wants to deliver us of the altars that are in our life and our ancestral altars. You will feel, you will see, as you are being delivered of one thing or the other, you will start feeling lighter and you will start to have a more comprehensive understanding about the scriptures and the word of God and the ways of God. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we have a long way to go. So that's probably why, you yeah. know, the Lord is just making this group just a little a smaller group because what I teach you, you guys will probably go ahead and teach others because it's like we are you're mentoring the disciples that are going to be discipling others. Mm -hmm. hmm? Amen. 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 Yeah, so just relax. We just continue to pray. Like he said, we should be very prayerful because the enemy knows the power that we group of women will wade to his kingdom and he and he will fight us but we don't need to be afraid or anything like that all we need is the knowledge and the information the knowledge and the information and that's what the lord wants to give us hallelujah Amen. okay Ma. Ma. <laughs> she said Ma. <laughs> how are you I'm fine. Oh, good, good. Praise God. Praise God. Go on. What have you got to say? Okay, I just want to mention. Uh, you said you met a man in a bus, and uh -huh. wanted to give him track. Yes. Uh -huh. He told you he doesn't don't he don't want doesn't want. Yeah, he doesn't and want I Jesus. <laughs> He doesn't want Christianity. <laughs> and at times, you will be hearing voices say, go and kill, go and yeah. kill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there, there is this uh, lady in my church from, uh, I think, Igbere or so. Uh. I don't have your Igbere. I don't, Igbere. So they said uh, she died early this year. Uh. So they said he, she came to Sunday school office. And to ask them, is she really born again? <laughs> they told her, ah, within yourself, you think you are born again. Mm. I don't really know what she answered them. She she said, they said she said that she's having hearing that voice, kill yourself, kill yourself. Mm. 
So after maybe like some days, I heard that she drank, she drank a sniper and died. So my question now is that does it mean she has an evil altar in her heart or in her in her house or in their compound and tell ask her to kill herself? Um, you know, when when people start having suicidal thoughts, that thought is not from God. And that thought is not from your own soul. It's from the demonic altar. Because what the devil comes to do is to steal, kill, and destroy. The woman, she might be born again in her spirit, but she hasn't been delivered of the demons that were in her life before she gave her life to Jesus. That's the problem, you see. The problem with our Christianity these days is you will witness to somebody and you know, with their flesh, they'll say, okay, I will become a Christian. And that's where that ends. They will come to church, but their life does not change. There is no transformation in their life. Without deliverance, there will be no transformation. There will be no change. Even if you don't go to a pastor to deliver you, but once you immerse yourself in the word of God, the word of God is the water that washes your soul is the water that would deliver you from whatever is attached to your soul. But people are not very good in reading and meditating on the word. Because mm -hmm. as you meditate on the word of God, it is pulling down strongholds that the enemy has built in your mind and in your flesh. How many, how many um, churches have Bible studies? They gather the people and they read the scripture and truly understand what the scripture is saying. It's all flaky, flaky, carnal Christianity. And carnal Christianity will not do anything for anybody. Eh? It's when the Lord says his children are led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God inside of you is what will take over your life. When it takes over your life, that is when transformation comes. Because you are depending on the Spirit of God. You are not depending on your own will or your own thoughts or your no it's how guide the, the holy spirit will guide you and the holy spirit will never guide you to go and kill yourself no that is the devil that is the work of the devil this is what i'm saying a lot of people are suffering from mental health issues they call it mental health but actually what it, it is is demonic authors speaking in their life and the church are not doing anything to deliver these people from these things that's the most saddest thing ever i have light <laughs> amen <laughs> he's got light <laughs> light is good oh thank you jesus for light. <laughs> ah, my sisters Go on. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Another thing I want to say is like testimony. Mm. You know, some time ago, I narrated, you asked me for something, and I narrated the, the something to you. You remember? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you gave me some things to, to do. Uh -huh. So since I've been applying that, that's your that system you, you told me. 
that whenever I feel that pain, I should hit the, the place and pull off the, the arrows. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that since that time. The pain is not like that before. Mm -hmm. So whenever I just feel it, I just hit the place. I say, I pull you out in Jesus' name. I pull you out in Jesus' name. I pull you out in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. When I do it, I will throw my hand away as if I'm throwing the... The arrow. Arrow away. Mm. So when I finish, I will take anointing oil and anoint it. Since maybe for two weeks now, so mm. I have not feel the pain, and I'm sure it's gone and it's gone forever. Amen. Amen. What what I will what I will advise you people. What helps me is, uh, you know, I'll do what you do, but every day I declare the scriptures, healing scriptures over my body. That is also what will help you to bring the poison the arrow has inflicted in your body. It will help you to vomit it out. You know, you will know the difference when you know, demonic poisons, they're like, they're white and they're very fluffy, fluffy, fluffy. It's not like mucus, but you, you will know it. So the more you start declaring the scriptures of the word of God over your body, the more you start cleansing your body of all these things that they inflict on you. And these things, if you do not vomit them out, after a long while, they start causing pains and diseases in your body. So form the habit of declaring scriptures over your body. So there's, um, I know I said there's um, the guideline the Lord gave me. I'm going to write them out, but that is when we have gone through what we need to go through, through deliverance and things like that. And the scriptures healing scriptures I've been using for the past 15 years, okay? And they work for me. <laughs> so they might work for you. I will send it in an email for people. But once you get the habit of using the word of God as medicine to your flesh, you will see, you will, you, you will be healthy. You will be healthy. Amen? Amen. Amen. So what I'm going to do, what I'm, what I feel in my spirit, the Lord wants me to do as well is, um, as we continue to have our teaching and the knowledge base is increasing, what the Lord wants me to do is individually minister to you people, you know, allow him to use me to minister to you individually to do deliverances and things like that and cleansing and things like that, huh? Yeah. So these are the areas we'll also look at. And also he's going to help us with our families. When we have learned how to present our cases to the court of heaven, we can take our families to the court. You see, your relatives, they will start being born again. They will tell you to come and pray for me. I want to know Jesus. <laughs> you know, God is good. God is good. Very good. You know, every day he never ceases to amaze me. Never ceases to amaze me. Hallelujah. <laughs> Everybody is just <laughs> Buma. It's you overwhelming. Eh? I said it's overwhelming. It is. <laughs> it's, overwhelming. it's overwhelming, but it's sowing a seed of almost anger, like, oh, there are things I can do. Where have I been? Why have I been sleeping? Yeah. I need to arise. Amen. It's Amen. Like building a fire. So, you know. Yes. 
Nowadays, when I pray, you think that I'm talking to somebody, I'm loud, and I'm like, is that me? What's yes. going on? Yes, that's good. That's good. Praise God. Praise God. My sister Joyce. <laughs> Are you sleepy? Yeah. Awesome. Eh? I'm not sleeping. I'm, I'm just I'm amazed. Drinking it in. You're soaking it in. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank it's you, a, Jesus. Overwhelming and amazing at the same time. Ah, you're going to be it's more gingering. amazed. Gingering. Yeah, it is. It's the wonders of the, of the Lord. You know, sometimes you, when you reflect on what he's doing in your life, for, in short, to tell you the truth, who join out tomorrow? I get afraid. The things he's revealing to me and the things he wants to do. <laughs> but uh, as I, sometimes when, when that sort of thing comes, I say, no, it's not me. It's him. It's him doing it. All I'm doing is just giving him permission to use my mouth and my mind. You know? And that's all we need to do. Uh -huh. Let him just use us as he wants. It's no longer us that live, but him that lives through us. Mm -hmm. These are the yeah. things we are going to learn. Don't worry. Maybe in a year's time, you guys will be, ah. You will say, ah. Uh, was I ever this naive? <laughs> I believe you. Yes. Yes, it's true. It's true. It's true. Ah, oh. uh, I'm just thinking maybe this shouldn't end, but we need to end. This the time is gone. <laughs> oh dear. We had a great and a long and uninterrupted class today, so that was good. Yes, yeah. that's good. That's good. That's good. Buma. Ma. Do you want to pray for us? Close the meeting. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, Lord, we give you all the glory. Mighty yes. Jehovah, we just thank you. We bless your holy name. We thank you for a time like this in your presence, Lord. Mm. We thank you for, for visiting us. We thank you for speaking to us, Father Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you for the things that you have told us, the seed that you have sown through your daughter, Lord Jehovah. We bless your holy name. We know indeed that it is from you. We know that you're doing something in our lives. You're starting something in our lives, Father. And for that, we just are truly grateful. Who are we that you are mindful of us, that you have called us, Lord, to your service. You have called us for a purpose, Father. Who are we? I feel I'm unworthy, but Lord, I surrender completely and totally for to be used, to be used, Lord Jehovah, for your kingdom, for your service, Lord Jehovah. We just thank you. We thank you that even when we're leaving this uh, meeting, we're going to sit on the information that we've learned. We're going to use it, Lord Jehovah. We're going to grow with it. You're going to speak to us individually so that even when we come back next time, we'll have more. We'll have more to share, more to learn. And for your daughter that you have used, Lord Jehovah, we pray that you will restore, you will replenish, Lord Jehovah, every virtue, everything that she has lost. You will renew, Lord Jehovah, the anointing, the knowledge, the wisdom, Lord Jehovah. Your grace, your hand of protection will continually be with her so that Lord Jehovah she will continue to be that speaking voice for you that oracle that person 
Lord Jehovah that hears directly, that is doing your work, that is mentoring women to mentor other women. Your purpose will be established through her words, through her work in the mighty name of Jesus. So ourselves with the blood of Jesus, Father Lord, as we go to our various destinations, let that blood speak for us in all ramifications, in all areas of our life. Let the blood of Jesus speak great things for us, speak favor, speak strength, Lord Jehovah, speak power into our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, let our spirit men be renewed. Renew our strength, Lord Jehovah. Increase us, our inner man. Strengthen us, Lord Jehovah, that we'll be able to walk in your presence, doing righteous things, doing good works, serving you wholeheartedly in the mighty name of Jesus. Father Lord, we just thank you. We give you, you're just so good to us. You're just so good to have called us to this purpose. Father, we bless your holy name. Father Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this time and we shall continue to dedicate our time and our service as we serve you and we learn more. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, merciful Amen. Father. Thank you, Pastor Boma. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank, Thank you. you Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, what what do you guys want to do? Should we? Um, I'm going to stop recording now.